The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hot, happy mess. I'm Ziri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot Happy, happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> happy Monday, you guys. What is up? I am Ziri Hall, and this is another episode of Hot, Happy Mess. Today, we are bringing you a super fun, super chill group chat with my girls discussing a plethora of topics. Plethora is a word that I like because it sounds fancy and like I graduated from high school. It means a lot of stuff. So that's what we're going to do. A plethora of topics today, including but not limited to body positivity slash is that the term we still want to use? I don't know. You tell me. Physical wellness, um, relationship, love, uh, wellness when it comes to building a community, uh, diets, no diets, eating with intention slash in a slightly orgasmic way. I'll explain um, all of the things, but more than anything, this is just me and two of my girls talking about what wellness means to us, giving you some of our wellness hacks, our tips, our tricks for how to live happier and healthier uh, so we can get our best life on minus the burnout. Today we have Cleo Ellis and Veronica Payne. I'll let the ladies do the bios because I don't feel like it. Cleo, tell us who you are. Hello, my darling. Oh my gosh, I she am came Cleo. in hot, y'all. She came in with the mm. Eartha Kit circa 1947 smooth jazz yeah, radio voice. I like it. <laughs> I the radio voice. I'm Cleo. Um, I am 33 years old. I live in Toronto, Canada. I've been friends with Zuri for going on eight years now. I work as a director of strategic brand partnerships. And what that means is I solve problems. So if you ever need an answer to basically any question you could ever think of, I probably have it. Uh, and that's me. Hey guys, it's Veronica. I'm 32, originally from New York, but right now in Ashland, Massachusetts for some reason. And I am Zuri's ex-girl group member. Oh gosh, can you stop telling people that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wear it as a bad matter. One day we should play our old songs on the podcast. Do it. <laughs> Have one. <laughs> well, first of all, I sang 
all of them. And then Jay just slapped y'all's name on my, First of all, you know what? Don't need to get me started. I'm triggered. Um, you're not just Zuri's ex-girl group member. You also are a jewelry designer. Oh, yeah, that part. I'm a designer of Aura on a jewelry. It is high-end costume jewelry, um, 18 karat vermeil and silver. Boom, baby. All right, let's get into the group chat. Okay, so before we kick into today's like group chat, we want to do a rapid fire quiz to get into the group with the ladies. So V, we can start with you. What is your highlight of the week or month? What's the best thing that's happened to you in the last 30 days, Veronica? Oh my God. Um, oh, I mean, this is very wholesome. I threw a surprise birthday party for my dad for his 75th birthday oh. and my sister com combined. And literally, it's probably like one of the happiest days of my life. Like, oh my I don't gosh. know, if it, but like personally, it did it for me. So <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> You're like, I don't care if that man loved it, but I had a great time. Happy birthday, dad. That's so sweet. I love that. Happy birthday to him. Okay, Cleo, what's the highlight of your month so far? Uh, for sure, the highlight of my last month, I would say, let's say the last 30 days was being in LA and like visiting you, seeing my friends, enjoying a little bit of actual time off, you know, from work because I have not done that in, I don't even know how long. And by time off, what I really mean is I just turned down the level of work that I did. So it was just so wonderful to be away and, and catch up and spend time with people that I love in LA, but also my friends who are from Toronto who, came, who were in LA yeah. with me and just living life yeah. in a different way. So that was for yeah. sure it. Here for it, here for it. The highlight of my month has definitely been little Lola Jolie's arrival into my life. So everybody go follow her on Instagram at little Lola Jolie so we can get these uh, puppy sponsorships because <laughs> I'm trying to pay for her vet bills and her food. So thanks. Um, she's great. She shits on everything, but she loves me a lot and I love her too. Um, okay. Star has yummy in my tummy as the next segment. I'm just going with the flow for the rapid fire. Um, what is your current favorite recipe or drink? I'm kind of curious about this. Who wants to take it? If we, if you guys have a thing, I'll go first. My current favorite recipe is I've been doing this hack at Italy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it or not, but they have it in New York. They have it in LA. I think they have it in Italy. Yeah, they have it in Toronto too. Um, in Toronto. Okay. And they have really amazing authentic Italian dishes, ingredients, pastas, a fresh market, all the stuff, Italian wines. So I get their homemade fresh uh, ravioli stuffed with prosciutto and sometimes something green. I can't remember what it is. And so I'll make that with a homemade brown butter sauce, which is a French sauce with unsalted butter, fresh coarsely chopped sage and minced garlic. And then I saute it up and it tastes like heaven and it only takes 15 minutes to make. So that's my my current go-to. And it makes people think I'm fancier than I am. So I like Girl, it. when you come to Toronto, you're making that from Italy. Here, oh, no doubt. For the record. Especially if you have any... I was going to be like, this is all contingent upon an Italy existing because I'm not a pro enough to like make the fresh pasta. I just pretend like I am for the people who come to my house. I'm with it. Uh, I would say my... Um, my go-to in general is like anything jerk, but like jerk chicken wings is is my vibe. I have perfected this to a level that I, I if I'm gonna be honest with you, if I was coming to like a cook-off with Gordon Ramsay with any chef, that's what I would come to this with and I would murder it. 
So I've done it a lot in the last couple of weeks. I've, we're now experimenting with a smoker, like a very expensive smoker that uh, Jimmy nice. bought to figure out how to make it work. But that's, I've just been living the jerk life because it's what everybody requests and it's always a fan fave. I love the jerk chicken. I've had your Jamaican jerk in Toronto. It was delicious. And that was years ago. So I'm excited to see how it evolves when I come back for the film festival. Veronica. Do you cook? Um, yeah, I mean, do you know me? I do not cook. I know, it was rhetorical. <laughs> what about your favorite drink recipe? Listen, okay, I love old fashions, but um, how about my best restaurant in Boston? I love Number 9 Park, so I'm not cooking, but we'll go to Number 9 Park. Um, and I do love jerk. I'm a jerk fiend, so I'd love to try that, Cleo. What's the go-to at Number 9 Park? Um, when I'm eating... What do you chicken? mean? No, what what I'm eating? when I'm eating meat. Oh, I was like, Veronica, do we need to <laughs> I love their roast chicken. It's amazing. Okay. But the chicken. service and the atmosphere is really what I love about them. Okay, got it. What TV show are you currently obsessing over slash binging? Girl, listen, let me hit you with this one right now. Yellowstone. It is a show with uh, Kevin Costner. Yes. yes, I interviewed him for it. And I was like, this is such a hit. It is magnificent. Like I'm an Alberta girl. Like Montana is just underneath Alberta. It's where I'm from. It is like sex, intrigue, scandal, all the things. And I'm not even going to lie. Just for nostalgia purposes, like Kevin Costner will probably still get it because he's like kind of a sexy <laughs> cowboy in this. Like Not not the bodyguard in 2021. <laughs> not the bodyguard, more like gangster cowboy. And I mean, I like it like thug cowboy. Um, Did you just call it. Kevin Costner a thug <laughs> cowboy? <laughs> if you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, he's a gangster ass watch. cowboy. And like someone give me a cowboy hat because I'm ready. Oh. Mm, saddle up. Okay, I'm not mad at it. I love Kevin Costner, to be clear. he's I like a strong, silent type or someone who always seems mad and brooding. Like, I'm into that. And he always seems mad and brooding. So, Well, what are you watching, girl? What are you watching? I am watching... I'm watching a lot of things. One thing that I'm really liking right now... Have you guys heard of... Um, is it Lupin? 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 I think yeah, Lupin. Lupin, yeah. Lupin? Lupin? I don't know. You're from Canada, Cleo. So like, you got the French stuff down. Lupin? Lupin. Lupin. I took two years of Francais in junior high, so that's all I got for you. But it's really good. I like it because um, I'm into true crime and sort of like the adventure stuff. And it's a take on like an old school fable. And it's this um, it's kind of like not at all well off black French dude who is um, avenging his father's potential like setup slash murder slash basically took advantage of his father, um, this wealthy white family. And it's him kind of trying to avenge that, figure out like who done it, what actually happened to his father. Um, and there's like a, a jewel heist and all these things. And it's just nice. And I just love uh, Paris. So it's nice to see all of the the landscape and all the pretty scenery while he goes on his little quest. So I would highly recommend it. It's one of the top 10 on Netflix. And I think they just started with season two or series two has just been released. So I would say check it out. I think I'm late to the game, but have you guys seen Shit's Creek? Oh, of course. You're super late to the game. A Canadian class ended. Okay, it's hilarious. And I think, I feel like it's right on my alley. I love it so much. I mean, the sun is like the funniest person ever. The sun is me and I'm like, I've never felt more seen. Moira Rose? 
everyone is like, oh my God, he's so dramatic and extra. And I'm like, I think he's making valid points. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think he's the most reasonable person in the room. Oh my God. Moira Rose is a true icon. Oh okay. <laughs> I, I aspire. I aspire. Um, and What's she's, the daughter's name? The daughter? Uh, Alexis. Um, Alexis. Oh my God. Yeah. See, Josh, that's me. You wait, you're Alexis? That's what Josh tells me. I. I think you're the brother. We're both the brother. I agree. I think that I'm Stevie, the reasonable girl at the front desk who that is not true. That's who you want to be. That's who you wish you were, girl. You ain't got none of her written on you. What is her name? Um, in the show, Stevie. 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 You are absolutely not Stevie. No. No. There's like a general nonchalance about you that could be (laughs) that could give Stevie energy. The lack of care. That's. That's the part that kind of, yeah, like, but then like cares a lot deep better down. term. <laughs> nonchalance, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've been talking about wellness. This is a series on wellness and, and feeling good mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Um, so I'm curious to know for each of you, what does wellness mean to you, Cleo? You know, I've been kind of going through it with the wellness piece because I think everyone has a very similar answers. They're like taking time, doing something for yourself, etc. And right now I'm in a space where for me, wellness is two pieces. The first one is um, peace in all aspects of my life. Um, making sure that everything that I'm doing, the people I'm interacting with are bringing me peace, love, and joy. And then the second part of that, of wellness, particularly as a Black woman, is stopping the idea of like the shame that comes with being able to have things. Um, You know, women in general, black women, especially when you have the means or ability to have something, you know, whether it's a nice bag or whatever it is that you want in your life, a nice car, there oftentimes comes um, a guilt or a shame that's been almost bred into us about being able to have that stuff and you should feel a way about it. And I'm really tired of that. I can't say that any other way. Um, I don't want to feel bad about my life or the things that I've worked for. And I think that it's so important to start seeing black women have the space to do those things without what we carry with it. You know, having, I have a house cleaner and people will look at me sideways for that. Like, why can't you clean your own house? My God, I can clean Mm -hmm. my own house. I don't want to. And, and I don't think that we should have to, any, any woman ever should have to martyr herself doing these things that are not bringing her peace or satisfaction or joy if you have the ability or means to change that. And I don't think that we should uh, ever look sideways or talk out the side of our mouths to other women for doing things that make them happy. And that's something that I've been working on a lot. um, It's just like releasing the guilt and releasing the shit that comes with that because I don't need it in my life and that's okay. And you don't need that. And Veronica doesn't need that. None of us need it. It's okay. It's okay to be there. It's okay to do it. I'm about that life right now. So for me, that's yeah. where my wellness is really tied up in in enjoying my life guilt-free. Mm-hmm. Mm, that last sentence, though, if that wasn't the perfect pin, I 100% agree. I love when you use the word martyr, too, because that's the thing that I've struggled with. Like As women, and this is even before you bring in that intersection of Black women, um, it is 
supposed to be our pride and joy that we like died to self for our spouses, for our children, for our whatever. I haven't slept in 10 days. I haven't. Did it, did it, did it. Oh, I just got off of work and cooked a meal and then cleaned the house and the baby puked and I cleaned it up. And like, we're supposed to wear that as a badge of honor. And like, those are things that are necessary. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do, but dying to self and falling apart and um, giving so much that we're completely drained at the end of a day or a life is something I have no interest in. And yet it's something that is very much what society tries to condition us to do. Because at the end of the day, it's the patriarchy, not to get all up, the you know, patriarchy. Get there. but it really is saying if you're a good woman, you're the woman who puts yourself last because of course your husband or your wife, which honestly old school patriarchy would never even say or acknowledge comes first. And of course your children come first. And of course your home life comes first. But I love that you're saying wellness for me means putting myself first and not apologizing for what that means. Like the housekeeping thing. It's certainly a point of privilege. It's something that I enjoy also, right? Everyone can't do it. But if you can, if you have the means, there shouldn't be shame attached to that. And yet I feel that same shame sometimes when I like admit to someone like, oh, well, it's fine. The housekeepers are coming on Wednesday. And they're like, girl, what? You're doing a lot. And I'm like, yes. And everything has to flow from you. Like, that's what we forget when we put everything else above us. It's impossible Mm -hmm. for the positive things to flow from those things positivity and like and goodness in your life has to always flow you have to be the source of that thing and if you are never valuing yourself enough to make sure that you're giving you what you need nothing can flow from that literally nothing it's like a a dam you've just blocked this thing and no water can flow through that and i'm just not about it anymore Mm -mm. here here three snaps veronica what does wellness mean to you so for me definitely wellness is really me time, making time for me. Like I love people. I love hanging out with people, exchanging energy. But for me personally, my personality type, it takes a lot from me. So after maybe spending a couple hours with someone or a couple of people, I'm drained, you know? So just taking time to read a book or work out or take a nap in the middle of the day, like that helps to re-energize me so much. Also just echoing what Cleo says, curating the life around me, whether that's social media or the people around me, and not feeling guilty about maybe putting my phone down, like my, maybe my friends are texting me, but just allotting a couple hours in a day where I'm not just at everyone's beck and call to respond to a text right now. I'll get back to you and I'm going to let you know I'm here for you, but I kind of have to be there for myself first. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, that's pouring from my cup. The fuller my cup is, the more I can give to my friends and my family. And that re-energizes me as a person. So just making specific time for me and being disciplined enough and being a strong enough and putting myself first that I can re-energize in order to be with other people. Yeah. No, I love that. And it is so true, right? Like you hear the saying, um, like before you put on someone else's oxygen mask, make sure you put on yours. Like you can't take care of somebody if you're over here dying of a lack of, of oxygen on a plane that's going down. Like I can't be of service to you unless I am able-bodied and whole and healthy and able to pour into you. So I completely agree with that. It was interesting what she said about curation, right? Like curating a life and, and, and space that feeds wellness for you. And that looks different for everyone. But I like that idea that um, we can be intentional about the things that we pour into our life and into our 
social feeds and into our body, into our hangouts and our, our actual physical presence. Um, and when I hear the word curation, I really think about intent, like being really intentional. When you curate something, you're thinking about every little detail to hand over an experience to the people that you're giving that experience to. So if you're trying to create this experience of wellness for yourself, it takes a lot of intention to do that. And you have to be okay with disappointing other people sometimes in the process, which goes again against what we've been conditioned to believe. Like we're not supposed to disappoint, particularly for ourselves, because that's just selfish, which brings me um, to the, the point of mental health right now and the Olympics and sports stars, right? We've got Simone Biles um, recently pulling out of some of her summer games, Naomi Osaka, who, you know, very famously recently was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to pull out. I know like I'm the star of the show and you guys are waiting to see me hit the tennis court, but I'm going to pass. And people were quick to just throw them to the wolves, put them on the stake. Like they're selfish. They're unpatriotic. They're weak. All these things that when I heard what they did, particularly Naomi, because she was the first to do that, I'm like, that takes so much bravery and strength to say I'm about to do this thing and then just prepare for the inevitable backlash because you can't please everyone in this day and age. What did you guys think when you heard about Osaka's um, withdrawal so that she could focus on her mental health? I personally like, yeah, I said that's brave. I didn't really give it that much attention, but then reading more into like Simone Biles, looking at some of the things that she posted on her Insta stories, or I believe where it was maybe um, Twitter about her saying that she was in fear for her physical health because she doesn't even know how she landed after doing some, whatever they call it. I'm not into gymnastics, but she doesn't know how she Double, triple, summer beams. Yeah. She posted <laughs> just a half or a double and she did a half and I was like, okay, but she landed. Um, it's just like, that's crazy. I understand like living through life and having anxiety. And sometimes you don't know how you're going to make it off the train or make it to work. I can't imagine being up in the air doing all these somersaults and stuff and not know how you're literally going to physically land. So that kind of made more of an impact on me reading that from her. And I just mean, if I was her, I would say fuck everybody too. I'm not going to mm-hmm. literally risk my life to yeah. please everyone. You know, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of them, and I'm happy that they're at such a young age able to make such mature decisions. Yeah, that's the thing for me is they're so young and to have such a strong sense of self, and also it's a testament to the team around them, which is a blessing to have a good team. Because you know, as someone who has reported in the entertainment news space for a decade now, there are so many enablers. There are so many people who say yes, yes, yes to the bad things, and then push, push, push you to do things that you are not mentally or physically in the space to do because you're the money maker and you are the machine and mouths are fed because you're performing, even if it's to your own detriment. So to not just do that, but to have a team that helps support that, um, I thought was really impressive. And they're, and I say this so respectfully, they're babies. Like if I was that age, if I'm in my early twenties and I think about some of the stuff that I said, what's the past tense of succumb? Succumbed? 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 I feel like it is not the game. It's succumbed. If I think of some of the stuff that I did succumb to when I was in my early 20s, it's like I did not have that strong sense of self then. And I've yeah. developed it over time. And I'm like, well, y'all just gonna have to be mad because this is what is, <laughs> this is what we're doing. But that took me 10 years to develop. So I love the, the um, example they're setting for 
Um, not just Gen Z and the younger kids, but older adults. There are people yeah. 30, 30, 40, 50 who are like, damn, if this 21-year-old could do it, maybe I should go set some boundaries at work or finally say something to my boss. Take a day off. Yes, yes, yeah. Cleo, what did you think when you heard about a soccer withdrawing or, and or Simone? Honestly, the first thing that came into my mind was how hard it must have been for both of them to make that decision at an elite athlete level. Like these are in situations um, like the Olympics at the, the top upper echelon of things that you work towards and you train towards. And, you, you know, anybody who's an athlete, not even an elite athlete, if you're competitive and you've trained before, you understand like what that costs you to get to this place in terms of the sacrifice it took. And so for either one of them to take a moment and really understand the gravity of bowing out of something that they could well have won, but while also knowing that they stepped back because they weren't going to be able to give their best performances, they weren't going to be able to do the, their best as as their you know athletic selves. That was what actually hit me the most. Um, mm. I felt so strongly about that because I, that I can't imagine anything harder, especially if you're competitive, especially if you're an athlete, to to stop and be like, I can't do this. Here's why. At that level, oh my God, that probably is worse than, you know, the shit that they're experiencing because, you know, you almost become disappointed in yourself. And I'm not saying either one of them was or were, but it's just hard. And so hearing that, it was, again, nice to see Black women not have to martyr themselves as um, this machine that that you had mentioned earlier uh, and as if they have no control over themselves or their minds or their bodies or their ability to choose. I, it was so mm-hmm. nice to see them have that opportunity to choose. And I think that what's going to come of that in the end is that they're going to be better athletes for it. They're going to be able to come back and be better for this thing and still hold those titles. And still, I'm going to be so frank because I'm a petty bitch, rub it mm-hmm. in their effing faces when they come back and crush the world because they will, because they stopped and said, Hey, actually this isn't going to work for me right now, but they're still excellent and people are still going to hate on it, but that's something that can fuel them too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it for, I'm rooting for everyone black in the words of our dear sweet love Issa Rae. The final season of power book two ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. 
There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. These are important conversations, but it often takes someone with a massive platform and someone who people already care about for people to care about the other stuff, right? Like if Joe Schmo down the street is like, mental health matters. Protect your peace. Take time for yourself. Everyone's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go like die at work now. BRB. But when some, when LeBron James or Simone Biles or someone who is great, who has made those waves, who is respected and revered in their field says mental health matters, protect your peace. I'm going to catch y'all next season because I'm done now. It makes you listen. And even if it shocks people or upsets people or offends certain people, um, it gets people talking. And so I just really respect that these young women um, had the courage, the strength, the the self-assuredness to uh, lead this conversation, even if it was unintentionally. Maybe they didn't want to be the face of mental health. I think they were just like, I'm going to take care of my mental health. And, you know, by association or collateral, not damage, but whatever the positive version of that is, um, they've, they've started these conversations that now we get to talk about uh, to kind of pull the mask or the, the lid off of um, stuff that we're all struggling with secretly. But they were willing to be brave enough to publicly say, I'm not well right now and I don't want to perform until I'm well again. Um, I want to transition into physical wellness. Cleo, you were talking about diets earlier, how you were going to go back on the diet after the shenanigans stopped. But I feel like you already snatched. You don't need nobody's diet. (laughs) But that ain't none of my business. So be great. Do whatever you want to do. But you look fabulous. Um, So I would love to, of course, to kick off the conversation around physical wellness. Um, We've got diet culture. We've got um, just physically wanting to feel good. People assume that I'm out here doing yoga, Pilates, CrossFit, (laughs) all this stuff. I walk up a flight of stairs. And I'm like, all right, well, tell my family I love them because I died. I didn't make it up the flight. Like, I can't breathe. 
<laughs> my cardio game is not what's up. Um, but I'm curious to know, like, what have your uh, relationships with your body been like when it comes to wellness? Has it been an evolution? Are you stagnant? Do you care? Like, what does physical wellness Ooh. look like for you? Because it's not one size fits all. Um, Cleo, you can take it first because I feel I see my you girl. That's a, a loaded question. I've got. Yeah. I could go on about this shit for days. Um, okay, well, we got about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been. It's definitely been a battle. I think what my biggest difficulty has been with diet culture, body image, all of those things. Uh, my number one struggle has been that currently I have the body type that is um, popular right now. It's in fashion. I have a small waist and a massive hips and a fat ass. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't pay for it. And no shade mm-hmm. to anyone who did. But what's happened is I grew up in a place, in a city, in a small city, um, more or less full of white people where I was the fat girl always. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. my entire life, I'm going to be 34 in two days. So up until I was probably 29 years old, 28 years old, I was living in places and in cities where I was considered fat. And then all of a sudden, one day that, that script flipped and I became like the desired person. And not only did my body type become desired, it became desired. And let's be honest, because white women who bought this body type made it popular. And so that inside of my own mind has been the biggest struggle because I'm sitting here, you know, at 29, 30, 31 years old being like, okay, but I look like this the whole time that I've lived. And every single one right. of you men or whoever I'm dealing with has been like, well, you're fat. And now you're like, oh, you're hot. And so that change in attention and in the things that I, that, that I was getting from men in particular was very difficult for me to deal with as a person. And then of course, like I'm a heavy person. So I'll be frank, like I weigh 225 pounds and I'm five foot seven. My BMI says that I'm obese. And, mm-hmm. and that BMI is based off of white standards of beauty that I didn't make, that don't consider mm-hmm. my ethnicity, they don't consider my bone density, they don't consider anything. And I'm, I'm not yeah. obese. I am fit. <laughs> I work out four days a week. I'm so strong. And so I've had to grapple with this idea on a regular basis, like my daily basis, to remind myself that I'm not this thing and I'm not not I'm not fat. I'm not any of that stuff. Even though you go to the doctor, the doctor's like, well, your BMI is too high. You're obese. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and right. So, to who? Like, yeah. To who? Right. And so even, you know, the word diet, like we have, we have really, I don't have a hang up about that word because I don't think about binge dieting. When I think of that, I think about me increasing my vegetable intake, eating things that my body makes me happy. And do I still eat pasta and everything else? Absolutely. My guy. But we are in a place where we binge and we purge and we have every diet on earth and rate let's cleanse, let's do this. And it's, it's messed up and it's so hard for people to be able to grapple with that. So those are my like very cliff notes thoughts about diet culture and what it means, especially at the intersection of blackness, of being a woman, of all the other things that come with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those are really great points. And you're so right about that. Like even with the BMI, how race is not necessarily taken into account and all these other standards, it's technically, it, it traditionally is a white beauty standard. And it's like, 
based on what it is to be healthy and white in America, this is where you should fall. Um, and there are plenty of people who are not white, but in America and comparing themselves to these sort of archaic standards about what it is to be beautiful, what it is to be healthy. There's a tweet that um, came out by Fat Fab Feminist. And she said, this was just a few days ago, actually, fat people with fat faces are treated worse than fat people with thin faces. Similarly, fat people whose proportions are less desirable are treated worse than those who are hourglass because they still roughly adhere to the beauty standard, which is really so true. Like when, when I even see like plus size models, the people who are clapped for and put on the covers of the magazine and then the magazines want to pat themselves on the back for putting a full figured woman on a cover still look thin as hell from the neck up. You know what I mean? It's like, it has to be pretty fat, quote unquote. And I don't use that as like a phrase that I use as what these brands and corporations clearly want. It's like, okay, we'll put the fat girl on the cover. We'll make the fat girl the face. But can she just like low key still look like what we would prefer to do if society wasn't demanding this change, which is really sad. I personally feel that way when it comes to colorism and um, beauty standards, when it comes to different shades of black women, right? Like what I think about it, what affects me sometimes is you see a darker skinned woman and oh my gosh, she's stunning. Oh my gosh, she's beautiful. We'll put her on the cover and she is beautiful and she is stunning, but she can only be dark skinned if she still got the tiny petite features, the small narrow nose, her nostrils cannot be too wide. The lips can be full, but not too full. So you're still getting these European um, accents and these European features, but on a dark skinned black face. And so that we're comfortable with in 2021. That is beauty. And we're proud of ourselves for putting her dark skinned self on the cover. But I'm like, where are the beautiful wide nostrilled, wide nose having women with the kinky 4C hair, not the cute, curly, like we we celebrate this quote unquote good hair, 3C gets wet and it's still wavy energy. And it's all beautiful, but I still feel like when it comes to darker skinned women and women who have traditionally, you know, ziggy zaggier hair or tightly coiled hair, like myself, to be quite frank, when I'm not wearing my wigs and I'm not wearing my loose curly, you know, wet and wavies, um, that's not really the quote unquote wave yet. And who knows, maybe we get to that point, maybe we don't, but it is interesting to see how, you know, these brands and corporations are ready to be progressive but like in a way that's still digestible to what we traditionally have said is palatable. They love something palatable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Veronica, what has your experience been like with physical wellness and your journey to just appreciating yourself or taking care of yourself? It doesn't even have to be necessarily like commentary on society and what they say about your physicality, but like, how has that journey been for you? How do you keep yourself well? It's definitely been an evolution, especially during quarantine when I had time to actually like, um, build awareness, I guess, about myself, who I am, about people around me. Um, I actually do love right now the wave of people caring about fitness. Like there's all these fit people that are inspirational on Instagram and YouTube. I love that, that women kind of want to be strong. You know, the model thing back then was just skinny. You know, it didn't, it didn't include any muscle or any tone. It was just, okay, if you're skinny, you're skinny and that works. Um, I love learning and finding this group of people who cared about actual fitness. And I didn't even know I cared about fitness until I found them because I just naturally have a thin body. And I mean, that comes with this complication as well. Also being a black woman, because people feel like they can make comments. Oh, like 
either you're skinny and people love it or it's like, oh, you need to eat. Like, right, girl, not, I got you need yes, to eat. You're not blah, blah, blah. You know, people right. always have a comment. Um, so I kind of just found a group, a group, people on Instagram that, you know, work for me, people on YouTube. And actually during quarantine, I gained 22 pounds. I started focusing what? on my- Where? 22 pounds where? Okay. Why did you not give me the memo that we're trying to get thick this summer? Veronica. <laughs> oh, see, that's the thing. See, I personally, I don't want to be thick. I kind mm -hmm. of want to be, I just want to be the best version of myself. I right. love that I'm working out now. I only do weight. So my cardio, I'm with you. Don't, you take an elevator. <laughs> Every time, all the time. Every time. <laughs> but um, no, I love when I'm walking around, I can feel the muscle in my body. It's like- I'm moving. I can, you know, I can move my butt cheek if I want because there's muscle there. So, I mean, <laughs> we win it, girl. We win it. Um, I actually have like a, um, it's called Fitness Pal. It's an app where I'm like paying attention to what I'm eating, um, protein, doing all that stuff. Like I actually am obsessed and I love it. And then even with anxiety, it's helped me so much just mm. working out. When I'm feeling stressed, I'm like, I need to go to gym. I've been taking time off and I come out and I'm just like, so much more focused and happy. Yeah. Um, so it's been like a really great journey for me. I realized that I was like underweight by maybe like a good 10 pounds, probably because of being in New York and walking so much and then not even finding time to eat until like five o'clock. Um, but like just having time to get to know myself and feeling better about myself, gaining that weight, feeling more attractive, feeling, you know, just good about myself. And also just accomplishing a goal. It's like, I set a goal that I was going to gain 15 pounds. Okay, here's 22. So it's like, you know, I said I was going to do something. I'm an overachiever now. So I'm just like, <laughs> so it's been good. Um, I like that women want to be strong now instead of like skinny. It's what about, it's about what works for you and what's going to make you feel better. So I do like that. Exactly. And to piggyback on that, like, I just got to do it one time for the skinny chicks because a lot of us are just naturally skinny and it's not even in a way like there was a time when that was like maybe idealized right or whatever we ain't in style right now we out of we out of style so it's quiet it's quiet for us right now i'm gonna just take the l and we just got sit down but, but i do um i feel like it's also important to leave space for those girls who are just naturally extremely skinny or lean, they're rare and people roll their eyes at us and then because it's like, oh, okay, woe is me. But like, just because somebody's born into a body type doesn't mean it's necessarily the body type that they want. Doesn't mean that it hasn't come with its own set of insecurities. Like for me growing up, and again, you hesitate to say it, right? Because it almost feels like the white guy who's like, well, hold on, because I have struggles. Let me tell you guys right now. I've been through some things. And you're like, okay, Ralph, like we know, but just <laughs> like, just read the room here. Like they're yeah. a bigger show. So like, I even hesitate to, to, you know, bring it up sometimes, but like, I have talked to a lot of my friends who are naturally super skinny or lean. And it's like, no matter what they do, they can't keep the weight on. They don't like it. They want the curves. They want to look healthy. They get the comments that are disrespectful, but people assume they can say it because you're skinny. So like, it's fair game. Like you need some meat on your bones. You need to eat. I used to cry when I was a kid and my aunts would like put their fingers around my wrist and talk about how skinny it was and how much bone they could see. Because I come from a family where the women, like they got curves and they got, I got a little booty on me, but that's about it. Huh? I mean, I guess, but like, it's all relative. So if I'm standing in a room with my cousins and my aunts and whoever else, and they got curves, I don't got curves. So 
in that sense, I'm just saying like, it can also be difficult for someone on the opposite end of the spectrum that you don't necessarily think it's difficult for. So like, I would just love, like what I am really excited about is this movement. Body positivity is really important, but I forget the name of the phrase. And like somebody chime in if you remember, but where there is just a lack of acknowledgement about body type. I was going to say, like, don't even comment on anybody's (laughs) bodies, period. Like, right. That's the thing. It's just so unnecessary and it happens so often to everybody. So it's very relatable. Like that Mm -hmm. people comment, people, men, women, everybody. And if I know you, that's different. Okay. If you're my friend and you're like, bitch, you snatched, look at your waist. I love that Mm -hmm. shit because you're my people. But people comment on my body all the time. People I've never met. And they're like, oh my God, look at this. Men comment on it. I'm like, cool. I know. Thank you. Thanks. I know my waist is small and I know my ass is fat. I get it. Like, but to be constantly reminded and then have to have a conversation about it every time as if there's not better things to talk about than this. And I think that's whatever that is. It's like, leave people's bodies out of it. So just stop talking about people's bodies. Leave them alone. That's where I am. (laughs) But is it mostly women doing it to each other? Because I can't, like, imagine men going around saying this to each other, commenting, you know. I get a lot of men to comment on that. That's a great, no, but Veronica, you mean men talking to other men? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the ones mostly to me making comments, like, you know, talking about other people's bodies. Imagine men don't do this to each other. Well, and that's the thing. And that's why it's not fair. Like if we have been like our society, like women's bodies are just talked about. They're talked about by women. They're talked about by men. They're talked about by everybody. Like our bodies are fair game because for so long, it was so much a part of what our worth was, the value we brought to a relationship or, you know, an engagement. And it's, it's sad. Yeah, because the patriarchy of it all. (laughs) Right. Like our value system is so warped and so on its head. And I do feel it it's shifting, but not quickly enough. We got on the tangent. Girl, you saying it. Say lovey. Um, okay. Uh physical wellness. Do you guys have any V you kind of touched on like an app that you like to use? Any just like quick, you guys should try this. If people are listening and curious about like getting their physical wellness on, anything that's helping you or that you love? Well, uh, my app is called Fitness Pal, if anybody wants to. Fitness Pal? It. Yeah, my Fitness Pal. It's really good. Okay. It's free. It's a free version. What that's does it do? Like, what does it offer? Um, so it's kind of like it, it's not a calorie counter. It gives you, if you put in how many calories you want to use, maybe to hit a goal, maybe you want to gain weight or lose weight. It'll tell you how many in carbs and how many in fat and how many in proteins in order to keep you healthy. Mm. You know, how much in carbs. And you can scan, like, by the barcode, and it'll pull up everything just from scanning. It it's helps amazing. you macro count. Nice. Sure. I don't know the, the terminology, but yes. <laughs> it's macro counting. I've, I've done this diet before, so it definitely works. It's called macro counting. <laughs> okay, macro count. Uh, Cleo, do you have any? Um, so when I'm away, actually, there's an app, um, Coco told me about it. It's called sweat and it's this like great app that gives you 20, it can give you a workout for any length of time that you want. And you could do it like with just body weights or if you're like body weight, or if you have like a small gym, that's not great. Um, and it'll give you like 20, 30, 45 an hour, whatever. But it was really great when I was away because I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to work out for an hour because I'm trying to have a mimosa at 11 a.m., but I can get in like a 20 minute sweat and it really makes you sweat just enough so that you're like, great, let me close my ring on my Apple watch or whatever you're doing. So I really like that one. Okay. Nice. Nice. I like the um, Nike run app. 
Um, when I was really on top of my game, which I am not right now because I've been so busy, I was I was starting to run a mile every morning. And the reason that I like it is they have really fun mixes. So you can set goals for yourself. Like I want to run a mile or I want to just run for 10 minutes or I want to like different sorts of accomplishments. And then you get these fun little medals and rewards when you complete it. And they have really good playlists. So for me, it's all about music. Like I don't want to feel like I'm working out ever or I'm just not going to do it. Like I will sweat until the cows come home. If it feels like an activity or like a bonding experience with friends, I love circuit training. I love boxing. Um, I love dancing. I will literally be like, it's time to work out. And then I'll just go put Drake songs on and dance in the mirror for like two hours with wine. So honestly, when I think about it, it just balances out to like nothing, but um, like a zero sum game, but I'm sweating. I'm like sweating my ass off the entire time in the mirror. Like, Ooh, I look so cute. <laughs> and I'm just like really getting it. So um, I say that to say music is big for me. So with the Nike run app, you can do their playlists, which are really good. Or I can merge my own music depending on my vibe. So that's one thing that I would recommend. And then this isn't an app, but it's something that I I always did. And then I went on a date with this guy once when I was single, like probably three years ago, three and a half, maybe four years ago. And I've always been a slow eater. And so... I would always be the last at the table. Everybody would leave me. I would get mad. My brothers would leave me when I was a kid. My parents would leave me when I was a kid. Then when I would hang out with friends, they would wrap up and leave the table. And I was just there looking stupid by myself, still eating my plate. Because I'm just slow. Like I'm talking, I'm thinking, I'm resting from eating. It's just, I'm like my grandma. I eat like a bird, but I eat all throughout the day. So don't get it twisted. I'm not not eating. I'm just super slow. And I'm not even trying to be intentional. But I will say, um, as I've gotten more intentional, it gives my brain time to catch up to my body and be like, oh, we're full now. Like, I don't actually want any more of this. Like, I don't just sit down and pig out and gorge in 20 minutes because I don't like stuffing my face. I like just constantly feeding it crap, but like, I want to enjoy it. And then this one time I went on this date with this guy, it was our first and last date. But one thing that I did like about the date was we went to this like pizza spot and he ordered his pizza. I ordered mine. They were like these like cool gourmet wood fire pizzas. And he was like, I just love the pizza so much. And he was like, he had, he was Spanish, I think. And so he had acted his passion. I was like, oh, I'm just telling me more. And so he was like, when I eat, I just eat so intentionally. And I just one bite and I savor it. And I was like, okay. And then it started getting a little bit weird, but he started eating. And I was like, this motherfucker is crazy. But I was like watching him enjoy his pizza and it was like orgasmic for him. He was like enjoying it. He was taking each bite slowly. He was eating with intention to where I was fascinated. And I was like, well, shit, let me, let me try it. <laughs> so I picked up my little pepperoni slice and I was like chewing slowly and thinking about how the cheese, the hot cheese felt in my mouth. <laughs> it sounds so dramatic. And Veronica is laughing at me right now. But I was like, what do I taste right now? Like kind of how when you sip wine, you're like, oh, it's full bodied. I taste, oh, there's a hint of cherry. I started doing it with my food and y'all, it's great. One, it slows you down. You're enjoying the food that you're ordering off the menu. You're not just like, oh, this is my favorite burger and just taking it to the head. It's like, it's an experience. And once I started doing that, at first I thought he was crazy but clearly he wasn't that crazy because to this day, when I go and sit down for a good meal or I, or I cook something good, I'm like, I want to give this meal 
the the presence and intention it deserves, even though that sounds so woo-woo, because I'm putting it in my body and it makes food an enjoyable experience. It slows you down and it gives you time to realize you're full so that you're not just stuffing your face with a bunch of random crap and then feeling bloated and gross after. So I'm gonna try that tomorrow. Sounds, you should. sounds magnificent. It's, it's so fun. Like, because food is great. I love it. I eat it constantly. I eat all the bad bad quote unquote things. Um, but when, if I'm going to eat it, I'm going to eat it now. Like I'm going to think about it. I'm going to savor it. I'm going to sit my wine. I'm going to pause. Like <laughs> why not let it be an experience? Food is too awesome to just it really is. throw down your throat. And keep moving. Okay. That's my tangent of food. Um, okay. So I want to talk about love and relationships and, and wellness in that space because um, being yourself in a romantic relationship is so important, but it's so hard. Codependency is easy to slip into. It's easy to lose yourself. Or even when you're not in the relationship, it's so easy to kind of like minimize your wants and needs and the things you need to feel well to kind of like bag whoever it is you're trying to, to bag. So I'm curious to know when it comes to wellness in relationship, like how do you guys navigate that when you're dating? And then also if you're in a committed relationship, like what does wellness look like with a partner? Do you do that together? Or is that kind of a, I do me, you do you. And as long as we're well individually, we can show up for each other for the, for the relationship. Veronica, we can kick off with you. For me, communication is super important. So I have to be able to be myself. Um, I have to be able to communicate. And he has to be open to it, receptive to it, and um, kind of evolve around it. So for, and also I, I think for me, wellness is different because he does things that are good for him to re, to reinvent himself. And for me, that might be something different. So we definitely do wellness apart for the most part, because I'm with him all day, every day anyway. So that's part of what I need is to get away from him and to have this face time with myself. Mm-hmm. So we definitely do things separately. He'll go play a video game or something or one wheel. He's obsessed with one wheel. And so he'll do that and I'll read a book or I'll work out. Um, Wait, you said one wheeling? Yeah. He's obsessed yeah. with one wheeling. What does that mean? I'm thinking of the unicycle people from like Me 1925, too. like Charlie <laughs> Chaplin riding a bike. It's really like a motorized skateboard, but it has one wheel in the middle. And then it has like these two platform oh, like, things where you put your like the segue in. between your knees. Kind, of, yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's one big wheel, and then like a skateboard-looking thing on either side, and it's okay. motorized. Got it. Okay. So he's literally just zipping around town, and I'll be here working out or reading a book. Yeah, or he's playing like Civilization, and that's literally like our wellness time apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I've never, I don't think, I personally don't think I've had issues with my relationships of not being myself in order to be with that person. Mm-hmm. Because it's really important to me that on a first date, we have the, like, on first dates, I come literally my full self, which yeah. has probably turned a lot of people off. But for some people who it works for, it works for, and that's why it's like a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much like, here's what it is on a first date. Like, let's see if you can handle it. Mm-hmm. And for the right person, that becomes love. So yeah. it's been pretty good for me on that thing do you guys have a well like anything wellness related that you do together anything that strengthens your bond that makes for healthier communication or makes you kind of remember why you fell in love anything you do um we try to spend time outside like we love to camp and i just found that out from hanging out with them we love camping and being outdoors and i feel like that like one time we went camping and we were playing beer pong or just playing games like two truths and a lie 
just little like teenage things that you would do. And it kind of, it, it reignited and helped us learn more about each other. When you feel like three years, you kind of feel like sometimes you get into a rut where you're like, you know so much about this person already that you stop learning about them or trying to learn. And then when you get out there where there's no TV and you just kind of have a fire and some beer, you kind of, it's, it makes you want to learn more. I mean, you kind of stuck. You have to. So. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> but luckily, it, it's worked for us. So being outside or like... um just barbecuing on the porch, spending time with his family. I love spending time with his family and watching old home videos with them with him because I learned so much. And I, that's bonding time for me with him, with them as well. Making fun of him and just spending time with him. <laughs> making fun and of him. We bond by making fun of him. Oh, we definitely do. <laughs> we crack on each other. <laughs> I love that. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Cleo, what about you? When you're dating, when you're, or maybe even wellness for yourself. Like, because dating in these days, ooh, like trying to stay well and not lose your mind out here with all these crazies Girl. is the process. I know it because I've been in it. So what's that been like for you? So I literally just came to this, I had like a come to Jesus moment with myself last week. Um, 
And I had a, like a reading from Max. She does tarot cards and I'm not particular, I'm neither here nor there about these things usually, but she said something in the reading that was so bang on and it, it helped me like click something into my mind because I haven't had any long-term relationships. I've never lived with anybody. I've just dated and done my thing. And I have such a hard time dating because I can't understand why I can't reconcile like me as a person with dating. And I, I'm bad at it and I, and I'm not bad at anything. So I struggle with that because I'm, I'm so good at stuff and I can't learn my way out of this particular thing. And what has happened is like, I've tried to show up as, I guess, a little like less version of myself when I'm dating. And that's what the problem is. I'm not showing up all the way as me. I'm not just having fun with it and I'm not coming to it without expectation. And I didn't even know that's what was happening until someone like explained it. And because that's where my magic is, is I show up as me and I'm different. I'm a different cat. (laughs) And, but that's what makes me magic. And when I don't have any expectation on anything, there's nowhere and nobody who is not going to like succumb to being my friend <laughs> or mm-hmm. liking me or whatever it is, because I love not people. succumb. That's not like hell and gunplay. Yeah, okay, like, I'll be your like, friend, Cleo. Listen, I have, I've been like, because the introverted people, they're like, they're like uh, uh, I don't know. And that's just it. And so I got to this point where I realized like, oh, there it is. I just have to show up as me and unapologetically me. And, and really, I really understand that that's not going to be for everyone, like Veronica said. But that's all gravy, baby, because I, I know that it's cool. And so now what I'm doing is I'm taking a whole new approach with dating where there is nothing. There's no expectation. There's no nothing. I'm just going to show up and be like, oh, let's have some fun. Like, let's go for coffee. Let's whatever. I don't care if you pay for this date. I'll pay for this date. Because when you come with those funny expectations now, it changes it. And for me, I become gilded when things aren't, when I'm not able to be myself, I start to put on like an armor and it's so, it's so inauthentic to who I am. Like, you know me pretty well. And if you ever saw me that way, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's not who you are. So I don't know if that's like a wellness thing. It's more a wellness thing for myself about like letting my guard down and letting those expectations just fly out the window so that I can show up as me and just live that life. And, and, and now I get it. And I'm like, Oh, it's going to be so much more fun. I get it. Jan Boudrin talks about it. She's like, have fun dating, like have fun in the things that you're doing. And I just wasn't having fun and I couldn't understand it. Cause I'm a fun bitch. <laughs> so that's kind of been my vibe. So I'll report back on how that goes. Cause your girl's swiping yeah. and being like, let's go for coffee. I don't know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm excited to hear the adventures of Cleo. <laughs> Emphasis at O. Cleo. I'm right there with you. I think for me, the biggest thing for wellness in a relationship, the thing that makes me feel um, good and whole and healthy while in relationship is boundaries and implementing them and having them be respected. Because it's really hard when you like someone and let alone when you love someone to sometimes hold to them to say, Hey, I love you so much, but this isn't okay for me. Or I don't like it when you do this, or even more than I don't like it. I won't allow you to do this. Like that's a real, it's easier said than done to tell someone no, when you really want to tell them yes, because you care about them. And it's even trickier when they might hear that no and hear it as you don't love me enough. You don't care about me. If you did, 
you would let me do the thing that I want to do. But it's more important to say, I know I hear what you want, but I'm telling you why I can't give that. Um, and that's the only way that I can ever stay whole and healthy and well in a relationship or in a dating experience is when my boundaries are respected. And that goes both ways. Like I have to be able to respect someone else's boundaries too. And I found that the hack to that, the key to being okay with respecting someone else's boundaries is figuring out why they have them, right? Like I'm not going to try to convince you to let me do the thing I want to do. I'm not going to try to convince you to do what I want, but I would like you to just explain more because I want to learn you more. Like, why is that not okay for you? And in a non-judgmental way, like tell me more about how you got to this decision about why you like this or why you don't like that or why you draw the line here or why you're not comfortable when I do this. Just for the sake of empathy and compassion. And I think it's easier when we leave with compassion and empathy to a uh, whole space for people in the way that they need it, instead of becoming offended or like in our heads, it must be me. Like I bet you, with somebody else, this wouldn't be a problem. Um, instead of trying to change someone, just accepting who they are and acknowledging that they had this whole life before you. And that's what shaped them um, and allowing them to remain them. Like that's the only way for me to be well in a relationship. I think that applies to, to intimate relationships, but also friend relationships, like non-intimate relationships. Same rules apply. Like it doesn't change just because you're sleeping with somebody. Those same rules should apply in your day-to-day -day relationships with people too. And it will help you become deeper and closer and have a much better relationship with everyone in your life when you do lead with that compassionate empathy, like you said. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up super quickly, I just want to touch on community because the older we get, the harder I think it is to make friends. It's like you just become the creeper. It's like, hey, I'm 33. You want to be my friend? And it's just like, I don't want to come on strong, but I need to make it clear that I think we should be friends. Like, how do I do this? Like after college, when it's just a freaking free for all and everybody is like, come to my house. I met you five seconds ago. We're drinking tonight. Like that, you don't just invite people to your house after 30. <laughs> like you need to know who's coming into your space. Um, but that's such an important component of wellness for me is a strong friend group. I pride myself on having the same close and best friends for 10 plus years. And they're all unrelated. It's not like I just met five people at one time and we all still fuck with each other. No, I've met people in Indianapolis. 10 years later, we're going strong. I met people in college. 10 years later, we're going strong. I grew up with my homie around the corner. 10 plus, 15 plus years later, damn, almost 20, we're going strong. And she's the producer of Hot Happy Mess. Like New York, 10 plus years, we're going strong. Cleo, how many years are we on now? We're at about eight years now. So we're almost we're at eight time. years. We're almost in the 10 plus club. It's like Madden, uh, what's the number when they, when they get the, the Madden 99, Madden 88, Madden 64, whatever the number is, it's a big deal. The 10 plus for me is when you know, it's like, okay, so we just going to go through our whole life together, whether you like We're stuck with each other, girl. We got this. Yeah, we're stuck with each other. But it's really hard to make those sorts of connections after college. Um, so I'm curious to know how important is it for you all to develop community in your thirties? Um, and how important is it? Uh, how do you curate that space? What are your rules for community? Um, and what type of people or what type of group, what type of groups make you feel good and feed into your spirit and make you feel well and pour into you? 
It's super important for me to have a tribe of girlfriends. I'm the same with you. I have friends for 10 plus years, my elementary school friends. I just went to a wedding last Saturday for someone I knew from fourth grade. Um, especially with me moving around right now, especially during COVID, it was super hard to meet anyone. Um, but honestly, I do think at like 30 plus trying to like covertly make friends, it just does not work. I think you have to be upfront forward and literally me saying, Oh girl, like I love you. I think we make, let's hang out. Let's hang out. I want to be your friend and people will laugh and they'll be like, that's funny, but they low key know you're serious. And they will reciprocate. And I found that that is honestly the easiest way to make friends now. Like you just have to put it out there, shoot your shot and it might work out. It might not. Um, but I think most of the time it works out and the people who will reciprocate are the people that should be in your tribe. I think someone who thinks that forwardness is kind of weird. That's not the person for you. Just like any relationship, like Cleo says, um, being yourself and just being out there, putting yourself out there. Um, it's tended to work out for me. I mean, I tried to join a woman's club when I moved to Boston. That didn't work, even though everybody was there for the same reason. Nobody would kind of like make an advance. So just we're going to the same woman's club and we're seeing each other, but our friendship is not actually developing. So I've made more friends here just being like, oh, I like you. And now we're following each other Instagram. Now we're sending stuff in the DMs. Now we're building a relationship. I think people feel, um, insecure because we're all over 30 and we're all trying to do the same thing and they're not sure how to approach it so if you just make that first move that's literally just the easiest thing to do yeah i agree and i think a lot of times we're all kind of like thinking the same thing like mm-hmm. and nobody wants to be the quote-unquote weird one who's like let's be friends but you really do just kind of have to shoot your shot which is funny but it makes you think of dating but it kind of is like dating too right like you have to not be afraid to slide in the dm you have to not be afraid to be like hey do you want to grab a drink sometime and you have to not be afraid of rejection like you're not trying to find 10 husbands i'm trying to find one husband you know so i might have to go through 10 dates or 10 different first dates to get there uh, but that's just a part of the process i will say i was on bumble bff for like 15 seconds quite a few years ago. I only went on one friend date and she was nice, but we never hung out again. But that is an option for people who are looking for friendships. Uh, Veronica, you kind of made a weird face like you didn't like Bumble BFF. I didn't. I don't like I don't like these apps for, for dating or for friendship. It's just weird. I don't know. Like people are just swiping through. I'm very possessive. Don't even date friend. shame. I'm, I'm very possessive. <laughs> so there's no way that I can be on an app swiping and knowing that you're at the same time you're talking to me, you're also talking to somebody else. <laughs> this bitch is crazy. Like I said, on a first date, I will go on a first date. Women like, who are not interested in her sex. Oh my God, Veronica. Trying to also find other friends. This is now y'all are seeing the Veronica that I know. The fact that she's a crazy bitch. She is possessive and that's why we love her because she is literally like, you are my friend and no one else is. <laughs> And I'll be holding on a first date. Veronica, how are they going to find you if they don't go on the app to find you? So you just mad if they keep swiping for new friends. And now they found me. (laughs) So you're welcome. (laughs) She's so crazy. I'm kind of like that too. So I'm I'm a little bit territorial about my close friends too. So I won't, I won't knock it. Cleo, what about you? Um, honestly, that's, I rebuilt my life two different times in two different cities across the country from each other. Um, one, when I was much older, I think I was 27 when I moved to Toronto. And um, 
building relationships at that level. And I'm a very outgoing person. I have no shame in my game, but it requires you to come to those relationships without ego. You have to kill your ego, destroy it because you are not going to be at the top of mind for people who have already established friendship groups. And that doesn't mean that they don't like you. It doesn't mean they don't want you around. You're just not top of mind. And so my, my actual friends make fun of me because from like a lot of the relationships I have, I've been like, I exactly said that. I'm like, do you want to be my friend? Like, I really like you. They'd like cancel a date and I'd be like, okay, let's reschedule. And I didn't care. I would do it and I would do it over and over and over again because I just knew I was like, no, I like this person. I know they're going to like me. So, and, but people sometimes are introverted or they're shy too. And, and because I don't have any of those boundaries up with me in terms of fear or fear of rejection when it comes to people or anything, it, sometimes you just have to keep standing there in front of people to, to make it work. I love new friends. I think I am now, now that I'm, you know, in my thirties, I am more, much more intentional about the people I allow around me in my life. Um, but I'm, I'm a Leo, which means that if my friends, if someone I love and trust co-sign somebody, say no more. Mm-hmm. If Z mm-hmm. co-signs somebody, that's it. Then we co-sign, we mm-hmm. in it. Also, if you fucking 86 somebody, you're 86 until the end Girl, of time. That's, that's my part. I'm like, okay, Listen, to whom it may concern. You, you don't need to say not one word to me about that. If we're like, we don't <laughs> fuck with that bitch. I'm like, we don't fuck with that bitch. I don't need any more words. <laughs> Claire was crazy. <laughs> no, I am. I'm a psycho like that. Because I'm like, are we ready? Do I need to put my hair up? <laughs> but that's it. And so those things are important to me because I trust the discernment of the people around me. And I trust my friends wholly and fully. So if I don't need any more information. If this person's great, great. If they're not, say no more. So yeah, you just have to come to stuff without ego. You have to remember it's not always about you. The other person has their own trauma, their own weird shit about whatever. It's life. This is it. Sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not. But you never know where the road's going to take you, baby. Love it. Amen, amen, amen. A hundred percent. I agree with all of that. Um, this has been fun. You guys, this was so needed. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed today's group chat off the cuff combo on wellness. Um, if people want to keep up with you, remind them one more time what you do and where they can find you. Cleo. I am Cleo. I am the director of brand partnerships at Coco and Co. We also have a podcast conversations with Coco and friends, and you can find me at Cleo Ellis underscore on all the platforms. Hi, I'm Veronica Payne. I'm the founder and designer of Aura on a Jewelry. And on Instagram, I'm Veronica with a K, V-E-R-O-N-I-K-A underscore Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. And the jewelry is Aura Ana official. So O-R-A-A-N-A official. Boom, baby. Hi, happy. Yes. All right, y'all, before we head out, I just want to share a really quick iTunes review from another one of our lovely listeners. This is from at Geraldina. She says, maybe he says, someone says, everything you need to hear with two heart emojis. I really like listening to this podcast as I can definitely relate to all of the topics Zuri and her guests discuss. I feel like she asks the questions that I'm wanting to ask, but just don't know how. The group chat stories are not to be missed as well. Keep up the good work with a smiley face. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review, my love. Make sure you, you, yes, you listening right now, uh, leave a review on iTunes. It's free. It's an easy way to support hot happy mess and it shows the powers that be that y'all are vibing and helps us grow the podcast so if you want to leave one go to apple podcast type in hot happy mess scroll down and write the review stay tuned y'all because we have more episodes in our wellness series and then we've got some really crazy fun 
big changes coming soon. And I'm not gonna tell you yet, but it's very exciting. And oh my gosh, we're kind of a big deal. But in the meantime, next up, we have a super fun deep dive into astrology. We are talking moon signs, sun signs, compatibility, how to find an astrologer, etc., etc. And if you are loving what you're hearing, tell a friend, tweet us, call us, beep us. <laughs> DM me if you know what animated show I just quoted because I, God, why am I like this? And join our super private, super sexy Facebook group. We love our hot, happy mess community. And I want to see you guys' faces and posts on the daily. So head on over there. That's it for now. You can follow me at Zuri Hall and at hot, happy mess on Instagram. And I'll see y'all next Monday. Bye, 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 bye. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com iPhone for details.